0: And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wansley.
2: Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom today. With me here for the Tell Dell version of the show is Sorrel Warren. Sorrel is one of our single family mentors in the Houston market, and has helped hundreds of people, if not thousands, I don't know how many, but at least hundreds of people become successful investors. Sorrel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dell. Thanks for having me on today. You know, I've had you around for so long. You're so good at helping people and everything. It's really nice to get a chance to highlight your successes. Why don't we start out with, um, you know, what you have right now, so people have an idea of that? I think it's like eight houses and four apartments or something like that. Uh, eight
3: uh, eight single family homes and five passive investments.
2: So I cheated you out of one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. Um, so you've you've done this. Over about, let's see, 2017 is when you became a mentor, so you've been doing this for three or four years now. Let's go way back to where you were still in corporate America. You were a vice president of a company. You've been doing that for quite a few years. You're successful. What got in your craw made you decide you're going to give that up, being you know, vice president of a company and everything? And by the way, tell well, me what is- you did.
3: Yeah, well, initially when I started, it wasn't necessarily to give it up. I I was in my 50s, my, my uh, mid-50s, and I hadn't saved enough for retirement. So I was on a big effort to save a lot of my income toward my retirement through the normal channels of the 401k and the IRA. And uh, I kept running into roadblocks uh, through basically the government, not the company, and that I couldn't contribute to a Roth IRA because I made too much money and um then I was a highly compensated employee, so uh, my contribution to my 401K was limited to what the company average was. And I was trying to pay the maximum plus the over 50 catch-up, over 55 catch-up, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so uh, But they, they limited me from doing that. And so then, even, even though I cut back everything, the following year is when uh, – Even I cut back from 15% plus the over-50 contribution, and the the company average dropped. And so they gave me back a check for $2,300 that I had contributed uh, because I still was over-contributing. And so, so that's, I was just frustrated with that. And about that time, you know, in my mind, this was in 2013 when I joined Lifestyles. And in my mind, everything happened kind of the same day, but I'm sure it was over a period of time. But that's when I first heard the, um, the Lifestyles. I'm not the host, it wasn't you, but I first heard the Lifestyles radio program. And uh, I went to the free workshop and um, understood and liked everything I was hearing. So I um, joined that night, went to the two-day training with you and I joined at, uh, at the challenge level, and and uh, that's when I started my investments. And, and the initial plan was just to supplement my retirement income. It wasn't necessarily entrepreneurial, it wasn't to retire in any period of time. I was in my, I was in my mid-50s, and I, at that point, from my job, I was still thinking I was gonna work until I was 70, but I just wanted some additional income.
2: You know, it's interesting as I hear your story, listen to it, um, I, I get this, feeling, and uh, leads me to a question. I want you to think about this. From your discussion, Sorrell, it sounds like you believe the only way you could you could save for retirement was through some type of a IRA or 401k or some kind of government thing where you didn't pay taxes on the money until you retire. It, it, it just sounded like Everything you were trying to do was fit into that box that they told you is the only thing you can do, as opposed to all the other investments that are available out here in the world. How do you feel about that?
3: That is the case. That's all I knew. I, I worked at a job my entire life. I never was an entrepreneur. And so I knew of the 401K and the IRA. And when they stopped me for contributing to that, I opened additional uh, uh, individual accounts uh, at Fidelity, uh, and so I was still saving uh, independently of the the, um, the retirement accounts, but I was saving in the exact same methods.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. It just it just opened my eyes to the fact that a lot of people don't even understand other options. They, they've never even thought about it. To them, the only thing that they call retirement money is that stuff stuck in a four hundred one k or an IRA. Exactly. 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 That's bizarre. All right. So you went out here. Um, you went to the two day. What was the aha moment for you in the two day? I always like to hear that from people. What you know, you sat there and listened to me for two days. What what caught your attention? Said, "Man, that's it. That's that's really what I need to hear."
3: Well, the first thing on Saturday was just the, the ability to, to invest in single-family homes. And I knew that was a possibility. I just never had done it. Um, I didn't really know anybody who had rented their house or was a landlord. I knew people did that. But when I started listening to that and the, 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 uh, the, the tax advantages of, of being a, a, a real estate investor were just mind-blowing to me. And so that's what I wanted to do. And uh, so that was the first thing. Um, and you know the uh, I guess the biggest aha moment for me was that the income would be tax deferred because i had invest I didn't invest you know as I should have in my retirement, but the, when I was investing, I knew it was being taxed, and there were penalties and all kinds of things. So the biggest aha moment austerity was the uh, was just the, uh, the, the the tax benefits primarily. And, and the way that the money grows, those
2: type of the tax benefits, primarily. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, the other thing that I think that people should think about is, you know, because I'm just thinking of you being, you know, 50 years old, being in that position, got a good job, happy with life, just trying to plan for retirement, basically, and not knowing that every dollar that you invest in the 401k, you put it in, but it doesn't pay you anything back. Whereas every dollar you put into those single family houses, you started getting money. And the money was tax-deferred, which is really weird because you get the 401k, it's tax-deferred, but you don't get the money. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That was the big eye-opener for me. So you, uh, you started buying houses up front, that was your first thing you did?
3: I did. I, I joined and I started buying single family homes. I had some, you know, I have moments in the, in the multifamily uh, on Sunday also, but, uh, and I probably had enough money, to, you know, now I, I being a mentor and I counsel people on how much money they have and which way to go, I, did, I definitely had enough money to go to multifamily. But, uh, in my reasoning, because I was in my my mid fifties already and looking to um, grow as quickly as possible i was i was i chose to go the single family route initially later I, a couple of years later I did not move to multifamily
2: so what kind of returns did you make on these single family houses
3: back in uh, late 2013, I guess my first house went uh, went live in twenty january 2014 uh, but I was getting into the properties uh, and uh the um, I was making about a twenty-two to twenty-three percent cash on cash return on my first three houses I bought in the year twenty fourteen. How about captured equity, equity capture about? Yeah, equity capture was anywhere from thirty to forty percent return on equity.
2: Mm-hmm. So you're doing quite well nowadays, Sorrell. Since you're out there being a mentor, you're touching everybody's deals. What are we looking for? If we were just going to spit wad, you know, a number. I'm not holding you to an exact number or anything, but what would you say? somebody should think they're looking for in a house right now, as far as cash flow returns and or captured equity returns? Uh,
3: the market across the country is different. And even in our three major cities here in Texas, the market is different. Houston still has one of the best markets. And right now, what we're seeing is that the um, you know, the cash-on-cash cash return is somewhere between 13 to 14% on the low end. Uh, these are averages up to about 18% on the high end, with some members still finding properties you know, around 20% cash-on-cash return. And uh, you can still find properties, you know, like you say, never lose money, so we're always looking for uh, some equity capture, but minimum is probably 15 to 20%, and, and some members are actually finding properties with 75% to 100% cash-on-cash returns. I'm sorry, uh, uh, equity capture, return on equity.
2: Wow, that's good. So... In your estimation, just out of curiosity, you know, you, we talk about there's we're now nationwide, so it's, you really brought that to the discussion, is that there's wide variances, right? Absolutely. So when someone's in um, an area where the houses are very, very expensive, are you guys motivating them to come to other areas where there are better deals?
3: Most definitely. We have a lot of members, again, with Houston being one of the best markets still. I work with members quite frequently. Our national mentors actually initially work with them to get them trained and get them started. But once they're ready to buy and they're looking at properties in Houston, uh, I work with members from across the country uh, who are looking in the Houston market. So that I've, I've been work with them on uh, market-specific. All right,
2: so we got to go to break. We're going to we're go to break now. We'll be right back with Sorrell Warren in the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary welcome back now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire america one person at a time Dal wamsley
2: Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Here with me today on the Tell Dell version of the show is Sorrell Warren, one of our single-family mentors out of Houston who owns eight houses and five apartment complexes. Uh, we're talking about single families still at this point, and Sorrell, we went to break, we got cut off. But I thought you brought up an interesting point, and I'd like to have you expand on it, if you could. And that is, how do our members from all over the country get helped? All over the country. I mean, it, it, to me, I just, when you said that, and remember, I own this place, and it still boggles my mind how good you guys are. How are you guys mentoring people all over the country and getting them to live up to the motto of live where you want and invest where you should? That's the motto I came up with. You guys made it happen. Tell us how that works.
3: Yes, Dale. I first heard you say that a few years ago, and um, and first it starts. We have uh, two single family, well, I guess it starts with the where you know uh, we are doing presentations, the two day presentation uh, across the country, and those are live and virtual. So that's how people first you know get into the program, and then when they choose to go to the single family route, we then they initially start with um, one of the two single family mentors who work with people all over the country, and they help them assess their situation, uh, what they what their goals are uh, and, uh, lay out the roadmap to get them to their, their endpoint and um, and so then they they, they 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 the members go through the education and so when they're then they're looking to and sometimes they'll invest in it on backyard if it makes sense and sometimes it doesn't so that's when they'll invest in other places. So when they come to Houston, that's when they get one of the three, there's two additional mentors here and we work with them to plot out their goals and help them understand the local market here. And then we have a realty team here. You have a you have a realty company here in Houston, and uh, and so they work with the realtors to. And they tell the realtors what they're looking for, uh, the type of property they're looking for, what their numbers are, what the criteria is, and the realtors find properties and present those properties to them. And then the realtors will kind of be their eyes on the ground in many cases. They will send them pictures and videos and live streams as they walk into the property. So they're sitting in their homes and other places, and they're you know looking at this property, making a decision. Do they want to uh, take the next step with the property? And then just as if they were here, they will analyze the property and make the decision to move forward on it. And then they come back to the mentors, and we will help them go through the steps. And and then they have the vendor team, and they will get contractors, and inspectors, and everybody they need to to do that. And so, many people have bought properties, uh, in Houston particularly, but other places also, where they don't live, and they've never actually um, seen the property in person.
2: You know, it's interesting, as you speak and tell me this, What's amazing is that I don't even think about it. It just happens. It's just a beautiful thing to see. But, you know, we have over 100 employees in Lifestyles alone, and then we have seven real estate companies now all over the country, seven different cities. We have a real estate company, and those are filled with employees. I don't know how many agents we have, uh, probably hundreds more. You just don't think about it, well, Even me, the owner, I don't even think about it. So somebody's out there listening to us right now. This radio shows on 106 stations nationwide. So 106 different stations is playing out to thousands of people. And they hear this. And I don't think you can listen to this over the radio and get the idea that it's not just like me. (laughs) One or two guys. You know, that, that there are hundreds of people out there helping thousands of people do this every day. Uh, that that's what I'm getting from this. I'm feeling it I'm actually I'm feeling quite good to be honest with you. this is pretty amazing how much we really are doing out there. As we go through this, that these people move seamlessly from from mentor to mentor, right?
3: They do. yeah, you, you, you can work a member can work with any, any mentor. usually they kind of get someone they. Latch on and and, um, and it works well. But but you know if, if, if I work with people repeatedly, and if I happen not to be available, they can go to one of the other mentors. And so yeah, and mentors work. You know the members work seamlessly from member to mentor to mentor.
2: I think in this day and age, I just as we go through this, I get I'm just amazed thinking about this. Now that you have something like FaceTime, you actually could take a mentor with you on an inspection. Could you not?
3: Uh, we don't really do that uh, because they're usually uh, they're they're with their realtor. So I, you know, almost three years I've done this. I've never been on an on an inspection with a member.
2: Okay. Well, when I was here, we did for apartments. Uh, we didn't do the inspection for houses, but just the walk around. In other words, if you're going to go look at the house, hey, what do you think of this house? You literally could, if they wanted to, just either take a video of it on their phone and send it to you or shoot you you know a quick FaceTime. Hey, just take a look at this. What do you think of this problem right here? In other words, what I'm saying yeah. is technology has it now to where you actually, no matter where you are in the country, could have a face-to-face with somebody if you literally had to, right?
3: Absolutely, and we do. You know, uh, uh, and since uh, since we you know we went uh, virtual when COVID started, and and you already had a system in place. Your team, other than the mentors, but your your team of um, the production people and all that, because we were already live streaming events. And so uh, it, it, we went we went virtual very quickly. So I've done hundreds of, of our virtual meetings with members, not necessarily inspections, but hundreds and hundreds of virtual meetings with members. Since March of 2020.
2: Yeah, were you amazed by that? I was that we didn't even slow down. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't even like we had any problems with COVID. We just shut the doors, locked everybody out, and went virtual almost overnight. Did that surprise you? How quickly we were able to convert?
3: I was surprised because I, you know we did uh, we did a lot of on-site things, a lot of face-to-face things. All of our initial meetings were face to face, and a lot of things, you know, case studies were face to face, single family road trips, as well as multi family all you know, in person. And uh, I did the, um, I, you know, I was co-host of one of the um, the last uh, in-person case study we did in March of 2020, and uh, and then the very next month we were live uh, doing them virtually. And, and the funny thing too is that the March case study, it was just coincidental uh, one of the two single family presenters in the march 2020 case study just happened to be a gentleman who lived in chicago and he had about seven single family properties in houston and that wasn't the plan to do that i mean we planned to have bond but it wasn't because he was you know the virtual thing and and because we had successfully did that even though i was on stage live with one of the presenters he came in virtually and talked about his properties and from chicago and then the, the next month and from then on, we were doing, you know, doing that, you know, automatically stuff. So I guess I can't say it surprised me because we had actually done it right before the pandemic started.
2: Yeah, it surprised me. I, uh, quite honestly, I, I had had conversations with the upper management people and said you know this may be the end you know because everything we did was live i mean this was this was a hands-on touchy touchy this is your life savings we're talking about kind of business and it's not something where i thought we could just pick up the phone and talk to people and it would keep going so i was very surprised that we were able to turn it around but that's because i'm old and technology is for young people and they know how to use it and get it done right
3: (laughs) well the gentleman who Yeah, the gentleman who who, who was in that March 2020 case study, he had bought his properties between uh, uh, 2018 and and, uh, 2019, and he bought those seven properties in Houston. If you remember, we had our Wealth and Passive Expo just before the pandemic hit. And he came into Houston for the Wealth and Passive Expo, and that was the first time he had laid eyes on any of his properties. I think he visited five of his seven properties when he came in for the expo, but he was only here for the expo. That's uh, amazing.
2: That's amazing. Well, we're going to have to take a break right now. We'll be right back with Sorrell Warren and the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
1: After the end of a good fight, you deserve
0: a nice cold reward. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a
2: time, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back, tell Dell version of the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Man, I'll tell you what, today the, uh, the old tongue is twisted all over the place. This is Dell Wamsley Radio Show. And with me today in the tell Dell version is Sorrell Warren out of Houston, Texas. He's one of our single family mentors. Sorel, as we've gone through the single-family portion of your investing and your mentoring, let's talk now about why you got interested into doing some multifamily stuff.
3: The plan was just to buy a lot of houses and save as much money, generate as much income as I could as I started moving toward retirement, and about two and a half years in, it hit me that, and from talking to members, I mean, a lot of things we do in networking and from networking with a lot of other members who were retiring, I started changing my, my mindset from just continuing to work to looking toward a retirement date. And um, and, 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 and then uh, I saw that multifamily was, was the best way to get me there. And so, and actually, even before that, back when I first started, I guess I need to take one step backwards. Uh, when I first started Lifestyles, uh, I, I I was a Dave Ramsey person and I was, uh, I was, you know, pay everything off. I was, I was one year into a new house, a 15-year mortgage, and I was planning on paying it off in six and a half years. And then, like Dave Ramsey, I was going to save money and buy a rent house at cash. And that's kind of the goal was to own those rent houses at cash and continue working for a lot of years. And then have that income, you know, 10, 12 to 15 years down the road. And so that's when I uh, realized that I could do that a lot quicker. And so had I stayed on the Dave Ramsey plan, I would have still been working at my job. Uh, I had actually made a spreadsheet and I would have still been at my job until November of 2019. And then I would have started saving money uh, from the extra money I was paying toward paying off the mortgage and all that. And I would have bought a property of uh, my first single family house in cash probably sometime now or, you know, maybe even next year. Uh, but doing it the other way, I was able to retire in three and a half years. So. Uh, but but the, the, kind of the, the impetus for, for changing was um, um, just seeing that a multifamily was a better use of the money.
2: So, another one of these tricky questions as I listen to this. You're an intelligent guy, you're a successful business person, you make money, and you become a Dave Ramsey follower. You're that kind of logical person, and I'm saying you, you all, everybody out there that fits this mold. You're that logical person that being frugal seems logical. Saving money seems logical. Staying out of debt seems logical. Those are like all of the core things that right after you read the Bible and learned about the Ten Commandments, that you learn those frugality points in life, right? That's what logical people think. How hard was it for you to give that thought process up and decide to go into debt to get rich?
3: Well, it was very hard for me, and I always—I wasn't always that logical person. I didn't save. I mentioned I didn't save much for retirement when I was younger, and younger meaning not just in my twenties, even in my thirties and into my forties. I didn't save much money toward retirement. I kind of lived for the moment. And um, and actually, I, had a, I made some bad business decisions, some bad job decisions, because I didn't own the businesses. But I had left a good company, moved to another company. It turned out to not be as good. And, and I, had a pretty, I had a big financial disaster, And right, literally the month before 9-11 happened. And I struggled for another year and a half after that. And um, luckily, I did not have to file bankruptcy, but I had nothing. And so I basically started over after 9-11. And so, um, and so I wasn't always frugal, but after that disaster, then I started becoming very frugal. So after having, what is 13 or 14 years at that point of being very frugal, trying to catch up, then to go into debt uh, was really tough for me. And I actually had to run some numbers to figure out that if I did it, you know, I, 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 I joked with you one time when we were having this, either this meeting or even a face-to-face conversation. Um, I joked that I had you on one shoulder and Dave Ramsey on the other shoulder, and I had to make a spreadsheet to determine that, that your method would, would get me there quicker.
2: That's funny. That's funny. I could see that. Your brain had to be fried with him screaming in one ear and me screaming in the other ear. No doubt. But I'd go over there and knock him off. <laughs>
3: exactly.
2: <laughs> so um, that makes sort of sense. Now, now I see it that you you were somebody who actually needed some of the Dave Ramsey thought process. Mm-hmm. To get, and, get you and I, back on track, exactly. Interesting.
3: And yeah, go ahead. And like you talk, you talk about how you know, you know, uh, you know, people are in the valley, and that's when they turn to Dave Ramsey. And and I didn't have a lot of debt. I just been have, I, you know, I, I didn't have any retirement. I, and at the time I, when I got Dave Ramsey, I wasn't making a lot of money. I had to turn that around, and and so that's the reason I was on Dave Ramsey. But you you you've made the analysis several times on your shows that you know the people in the valley, and Dave is there, and they get him out of the valley, but you're up on the mountain, and say, okay, when you get out of the valley, come to tell, and, and you can pull him up to the top of the mountain, and that's exactly what happened.
2: Yeah, that's that's the clearest way I can demonstrate it to people, that, you know, and, and by the way, you call it a valley, I call it a crevasse. <laughs> <laughs> you're down in the crevasse, and you're stuck down there, and Dave's guy's got, got a rope trying can pull you out of the valley, you know, if you're broke and, Terrible credit, bad credit, whatever. Dave's your man. But once you get back up to being a normal person again, you get on flat ground, and you want to look up that mountain. I'm up there at the top of the mountain, and uh, I'm throwing ropes down, too. So, you can get up to the top. That's great. So it took you oh, three and a half years to retire then, huh? And retirement in our, by the way, for the, if you're a new listener, retirement in our group of people means that you were able to replace your earned income with passive income. So you did not need to work anymore. You were completely replaced it. When you hit that point, was it, was it mindful to you that you gave up a job? I mean, how, how did you rationalize that? Just giving up a job at such an early age? I mean, you're not even 60 yet, are you?
3: Oh no, I'm sixty. I'm in my I'm, I'm in mid sixties now because I've been a member since 2013.
2: Okay. And, uh, yeah.
3: So yeah, and I joined. Out, and I um, yeah. So I I had no problem giving up the job. I was a vice president of a company. I loved my job. I was in the travel business. I traveled all over the world, and and uh, but I still had a job. I still worked a lot of hours. Even as a VP, I was working a lot of hours and had a lot of responsibilities and. Because I'd worked so many hours for most of my life, I was I was ready to retire. And 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 rather than having you know three weeks of travel, I got to travel, you know, pretty much every month. And uh, wow. so I was I was ready to retire.
2: So, what did you do in the travel industry? I'm just curious.
3: I worked at a big online travel company. We booked um, the company had yeah you know, uh, it was a huge company. We had 900 employees here in the Houston area, and we booked. Uh, uh, we saw cruises and escorted tours and um, all-inclusive resorts, primarily river cruises, those kinds of things.
2: And, wow. And, um, yeah. Where have and so you been take... my whole life? Where have you been?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was traveling. I've been to all 50 states and 91 countries now.
2: Man. I am envious as can be. Uh, you know, I can't travel. And the reason I can't travel is because I'm too type B personality I go yeah we can do it no we can't yeah we can go it be great I don't have any problem with the money yeah but the flight's not going to get there the boat's going to sink it's going to you know you can't speak the language <laughs> I just keep talking yeah. myself out of stuff like that where, where should you know my wife wants to go to Greece Italy um I guess that whole general area there Spain where's the best places to go you
3: know, it's you, funny you, you said those two countries. People ask me all the time, "Where? What are my favorite? What's my favorite destination?" And as much as I've traveled, I don't have one. And I've been telling people, uh, my favorite, my four favorite places are, and my two favorite countries are Greece and Italy. I love all parts of those two countries, and uh, and then my two favorite—I'm uh, a beach guy. I'm a scuba diver, and my two favorite beach locations are
2: Bora Bora and the Maldives. Wow. But, uh, have I you, ever met, have you me. ever met Frank?
3: Frank. Uh,
2: Don't know. Okay. Man, Madeline Mozzarella's husband? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Frank? Absolutely. Yeah. He was my best man at my wedding. He is an right. avid scuba diver from all over. Goes all over the place. You guys should get together. That. Yeah. Yeah. He, Al, he Al Gordon who
3: follows, yeah. Al Gordon who follows you as an avid scuba diver. And just so happened, Al and I are going to go scuba diving in December.
2: No kidding. Where are you going?
3: We're going to Cozumel.
2: Oh, man. Again, I'm envious. See, this, is, this isn't this is right. I should be having all the fun. <laughs> if I could put any pressure on you, if you were actually an employee, and that's something I need people to understand right now. I say we have over 100 employees. I would guarantee you that 90% of those 100 employees were members that after they retired, they had nothing to do. And I said, well, since you have nothing to do, why don't you come help? Me help other people and they just come on. Does this really feel like a job, even to you, or is it just really like you're doing something to help people? How do you feel about that?
3: It absolutely does not feel like a job. I mean, like well, I've I worked a I lot in my job. My, my last job, I worked. we got to go
2: to break. Hold that thought. We'll pick it up when we come okay. back, okay? We'll be right back with Sorrell Warren and the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
3: Welcome back. Now, here's some more
0: unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley.
2: Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell is uh, Sorrell Warren, a single-family mentor out of the Houston market, uh, also a member eight houses owned and five apartment complexes. And as we were going to break, Sorrell was talking with us about what it feels like to be a mentor here at Lifestyles. How do you feel about that? What's it like being a mentor here?
3: You know, Dale, I absolutely love it. When I got the opportunity to do it, I jumped at the chance. The first thing was that uh, I wouldn't be sitting here today had it not been for the mentors. I knew, Again, I knew, you know, you ask a lot of people, you know, did you always have the entrepreneurial spirit or when did they develop it? Again, I was in my mid-50s. I'd never been an entrepreneur, never even thought about doing it. Uh, And so, um, you know, your teaching, the two-day training is what was the kickoff course, but working with the mentors is what enabled me to progress, you know, as quickly as I did. And so when I got the opportunity to do it, I jumped at the chance, and I I just absolutely love working with people. And uh, You know, I was in sales for my entire career, pretty much. And, and, uh, you know, I I kind of, and I always had kind of the right work ethic, I guess, and the right, you know, I wasn't just, you know, that that whole thing, you know, somebody can sell anything to anybody, you can sell ice to Eskimos. That wasn't me. I always had integrity with what I was doing. But um, after I retired, I looked back at my career and I realized I was always in the business of helping people. And, uh, and even today, I mean, I, when I got this opportunity, I've helped, I'm helping members. And, and, you know, they start off just wide eyed and scared, and then they progress, and they, I talk to them less and less as they move through the process. And, and, you know, in my spare time now, I'm working with two volunteer organizations where I'm helping people. And so I've always kind of wanted to help people. And this is just the ultimate of doing that. And you asked earlier, do you I know, think of this as a job, or is it like a job? And it's absolutely not, um, even though I, I do have responsibilities and I do things. But, but uh, it's a joy doing it. And, and it's kind of the best example of how I don't consider it a job, really, is that i uh, when I, I had been with the company about three months as a mentor, and uh, we had two mentors at the time. He's there. We have three now, but uh, one of the other the other mentor left uh, to pursue her lead investor uh, work, which she's now very successful at doing that. And so I was the only mentor. And about the time she was leaving, I already had a, a trip scheduled. I was going to to Greece, one of your wife's favorite places. And I was going to Greece, and uh, and nine of my friends, ten of us, had chartered a sailboat to sail through the small Greek islands that. Uh, the cruise ships don't go to phenomenal vacation, and uh, and so uh, and this was already scheduled. So Lynn said, "You know, to transfer all the calls and emails to her." And I told her, "I said, Lynn, you're way too busy for that." I was in the travel business. I'm used to working from you know remote locations, and, and so I was mentoring on a sailboat in the Greek Isles back in 2019.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> I my gosh! I've
3: calls and emails, um, you know, from members while I was you know on a sailboat in Greece.
2: That's amazing. That's not a job. <laughs> I, I got to steal that one. That's yeah. That's not a job. That's that's insane. That is great. So you know, I'm going to have my wife call you, right? She's going to call you and Absolutely. bug you. Tell me how to put together. We've been trying to put a, a trip to Greece. We've got you know like four or five members who want to go with us, and we just mm-hmm. can't. You know, get it together. I don't know why, but you you obviously can put that thing together like nothing. you, you know all the ins and outs. That's great,. Yep. Um, have you, how long have you been a mentor now?
3: It's a little uh, right at three years now.
2: By the way, one thing you said was there was only two mentors and there was one mentor. We have to make this clear to people. There's three single-family mentors, there's three multifamily mentors, and there's uh, one um, operations consultant for how to operate your properties, and that's just in Houston, Texas. And we have those people in multiple cities all across the country. So I, I don't want people to hear that just coming onto the radio show and go, oh, there's one. No, there's over 100 employees nationwide now. We're all over the place. Yeah, in
3: addition to national mentors, both single-family and multifamily also.
2: That's true. In the cities. Yeah. So there's people everywhere, and you know, you're going to get helped and the kind of people who are going to help you are going to be people like Sorel who just have a lot of love in their heart, man. They, they, you know, when somebody saves you, and that's the way I've always looked at it. I was a little fat kid and with Coke bottle glasses, Sorel, and so my, my story has been the same. You see it every time I get up and tell it, and that is, hey, I found out how to lose the weight and get in shape and then be the captain of the football team and the you know school prom king and queen and you know the whole thing. And that turnaround was like, hey, I'm going to go back and help other people that are at the bottom. You know, I was helping mm-hmm. fat people first when I learned how to get in shape. I taught people how to get in shape. When I was a poor person, I became wealthy. I learned I wanted to go back and help people. That's really the core feeling in the group, is it not?
3: Absolutely. And most definitely. I, I, like if I'm in two volunteer organizations. I was talking to a 16-year-old man. I spent an hour and a half talking to a 16-year-old young man uh, two nights ago. Uh, who's going down the wrong road? And I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in an organization that that helps kids who are in foster homes, and, and so I mean it's and and most people many of the people I know in, in your organization are doing things just like that in
2: yeah. other, their personal lives. You're right. That's now that I think about it, you're right. I can name many people to do that. It's, I guess it's just the kind of person that we attract, or maybe it's we don't just attract those kind of people. They bubble up. Does that make sense? You know, here's a group of people, and they bubble up to the top, and I grab them uh, because we're always looking for people to give back and help people. So that's an interesting point. Have you gotten to the point yet, three years into this, where you have massive feelings coming to you from other members giving back love? And I didn't say, I don't know how to say this right, but there comes a point as a mentor where you've saved so many people's lives that you're now almost like a superstar yourself. Have you got to that point yet?
3: You know, I don't feel like a superstar by any means. I do like it when, when um, people I started with from ground zero, and they're nervous and they're scared and and don't know what to do, and then they, they call me literally three or four times a week or ten times a week on the first property. Then they call me once or twice a week on the second property. And then the funny thing is many of them will call me and said, I think I know what I'm doing. I just want to touch base with you. And, you know, and I, I say, you're doing absolutely the right thing. And then I'm going to hear from them. And then, you know, they're counseling other members. I mean, our newest mentor uh, in the Houston market, Hind. I'm not sure if, uh, if you've had her on your program, but, but Hind, uh, before she became a mentor just this past, a couple of months ago, she was helping lots of people. And I, I, All of us worked with him when she started, but Hen's a superstar. We knew she was a superstar in the rising, but she was already mentoring um, without being a mentor, which is why we grabbed her and brought her on onto well, the Well,
2: Sorrel, I've got to tell you, I really appreciate what you do for us and uh, applaud you and your success. We're at the end of the show now, but thank you very much for coming on and sharing your story with us. Thank you, Dale. For the rest of you out there, remember, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow.